Welcome to the Next Level Life and Finance Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane. I'm pumped today. I've got with me Scotty Schindler. So Scotty's story essentially epitomizes what it's like to, you know, just a normal Aussie bloke, had a crack, worked his guts out and ended up sort of, you know, being able to build and sell a great business and now coaches people to do the same thing and at the same time lives an amazing lifestyle. So I'm so lucky in my job, I get to get inside the heads of some of the brightest and smartest people. So today, get your notepads ready. There's going to be heaps of gold in this podcast and you're going to be able to straight away take some of the stuff that Scotty talks about and implement it into your life and into your business. And um, in the show notes, I'll also have access to Scotty and his system, the 1357 system, and I'd highly recommend and you go and check it out. So thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Let's get into it. Scotty, thanks for coming on the show. No worries, mate. Great to be here. Mate, so I've um, just been going through sort of your work and I, I just love the way you look like you operate your life. So mate, I'd love you just to sort of take us back to where you started out, you know, and what's what sort of fell into place and what you had to do to get to where you are right now in your life. Well, I'm not sure anything fell into place. Uh, <laughs> interesting <laughs> way of putting it. I guess nowadays people think it fell into place and, and, you know, I had this sort of magic carpet ride and everything I did was successful, but that's absolutely just nowhere near the truth. It's absolutely nothing like it. Um, am I happy with where I'm at? Absolutely. And did I have more success than I ever thought I would? Yeah, I did, but certainly didn't fall into place. But at the same time, it was a very conscious decision that I made um, through several, you know, pivoting points in my life, more or less epiphanies that, that got me to where I am. Uh, so they were always done in the down times, though, and all the hard times that I had those changes, never in the up times. So, but interesting question that you say it fell into place. I, <laughs> I like the way you think, but you know, like all all good stories, it, it just certainly didn't fall into place. I had to had to you know buckle down and focus up and get determined and get through things just like everyone else. Mate, no, I love that. And when I when I sort of say fell into place, I sort of feel like you know people are rewarded in public for what they've practiced for years in private. And I think, you know, you look at your stuff and you, you've obviously motivated and done really well, but like you said there, the, the road is never, it's never, <laughs> it's never easy and it's never clean cut. But um, I, I might even ask you, you mentioned there a couple of epiphanies. So talk us through them and what were the major sort of turning points for you over the years, Scotty? Yeah, well, look, I had, I had, uh, well, I had three major epiphanies in my life. I had one when I was 16 I had one when I was 21. I had one when I was 27. And uh, the one when I was 16, I was a bit of a troubled kid. And I decided that this was not going to be the life for me in the future. I wanted to have better better in the future than what I had or where the path was taking me, which is a really strange thing for a 16-year-old kid to think like that. But nonetheless, no idea where it came from. And I changed. And I decided I want to get a girlfriend. I wanted to get a career. And I wanted to do all sorts of wonderful things with my life as opposed to the path or the trajectory I was on. Even though I wanted to be a professional surfer, I couldn't see a life in that right? because I was come from a poor background. Um, so that was a, you know, without getting into too much detail, that was a, the first epiphany I had. And, you know, not much longer after that, about six months, I met my, my now wife. Um, and we did go on a journey together exactly as I, as I envisaged I would as a, a non-troubled 16-year-old. Right. Anyway, long story short is I had another one when I was 21. And I, I was working really hard and I owned a car and stuff. And I thought, you know what, it's probably about time if I'm starting to work hard that I start to set myself up properly. Now, by the time I'm 30, I should really be able to be, you know, in a financial position where I've set myself up a bit better. So I decided to really, you know, double down and, and, and really focus on setting myself up as a 21-year-old and, and try and buy a house, which took a long time. So it took two years to get the deposit. 
deposit together and everything else. Anyway, by the time I was 23, I bought my first house uh, or purchased it, not, you know, depending on your terminology there, but <laughs> yeah, you know, certainly yeah. purchased it. And uh, that was, you know, so that was an epiphany there to set myself up when I was a 21-year-old. I woke up one day and realised I was just paying off a car. And what was paying off a car if I'm working really hard or I should really have some assets in my life? Yeah, right. So that was another epiphany moment. And then once again, that took a couple of years to set up. So none of these epiphanies were like wake up the next day and change everything, even though I did. They take years to initiate or they have in my case. And the third big epiphany I had was, was probably the biggest one, which was when I was about 27, I basically went through a midlife crisis. Where it, by then I'd actually bought two houses, but both of the houses and, and the cars and the job, everything in my life owned me instead of me. I had no control over everything. So everything owned me. And I decided that that was not going to be the case. And two years later, I went through the, the recession I had to have and I sold everything uh, except for one house. So I'd sold everything, owned one house and started again. That my, my 30s were not going to be the same as my 20s where everything owned me and I, I didn't have any control over my destiny. Even though in a sense I did, I really didn't. Scott, everything owned to, me. And when you say owned you, are you talking about obviously you had the couple of houses, you had all this debt. Is that what you mean by it owned you? You didn't feel like you had the freedom and the flexibility? Even the job, the career, everything owned me. So yep. I was going to work for everything else except for what Scotty wanted out of life. Yeah, right. Okay. So Scotty was not getting out of life what he wanted. And the trajectory of that was pretty bad. I was, I was overweight. Um, I, was, I was, you know, financially I was okay, but I wasn't, I certainly wasn't where I wanted to be as a 30 year old or not the, at 27, I couldn't see myself by 30 being the person I wanted to be. Have you always so, been, have you always been a pretty deep thinker like that? Like when you say these, you sort of had these epiphanies, Scotty. Like, did they just come to you or was it just sort of a culmination of you not being satisfied with, you know, where you were? That's essentially it, not being satisfied. I can't say I was always a deep thinker. Hey, maybe in hindsight, people are going to, you know, the, the psychiatrist of the world will look back <laughs> and go, there was something there. But to be honest, it was just motions for me. I really didn't yep. think anything of it. In fact, I thought, I thought it was normal for all people to be doing all the same things I was doing. I didn't think I was any different. So having had come back from... Uh, you know, like I say, poor family with no dad, um, you know, no one to guide me, no grandparents. It was like, I just had to make my own decisions. And if I wanted to be successful, I had to, I had to, you know, make some decisions on my own, right or wrong. And I made a, I made a bucket load of mistakes, but you know, as it turns out, I made some good ones too. So would I could have been a lot smarter though. I really wish I'd had more advice and more knowledge and more, more leverage on people who really knew what they were doing instead of doing it all on my own. So, I mean, what, what did, um, what did change? So, you know, with your, the recession that you had to have, at, you know, when you were 29, what was the fundamental shifts that happened at that point? Well, I owned, well, like I said, I had two houses and I had a pretty good job and I was making good money. Um, as an example, over in my twenties, I made a, around a million dollars in commissions out of being an insurance salesperson, which wasn't bad in the nineties. So over right. that 10 year period, I'd made about a million dollars, but I didn't have much to show for it. In fact, by the time it was all said and done, I owned a house worth $220,000 was what I got out of it. So over that 10 year period, all that hard work and my hair loss that started, <laughs> <laughs> not having a holiday for four years in the middle of it and all that sort of stuff. I basically, you know, I got to, I got to 2000 and I'd, I owned a house and nothing owned me ever again. I, I, owned that house and I changed completely the way my financials were going to work for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, I sold, I sold the cars. I sold, um, like I said, the house, the furniture in it. Everyone just thought I was going broke, but it wasn't, it was just a complete reset. It was like, no, you can go 
going forward, I'm going to be in control of everything in my life from now on in. And I'm going to be much smarter about it. So, you know, that was that 10-year journey that I went on. You know, the, the change from my 30s was going to be completely different to the lifestyle and, the, and the, what I had in my 20s. I knew I could work hard, but I wanted to have more out of getting it out of bed every day than what I was getting in my 20s. Do you know what, Scotty? It's funny you say that. Like, I um, went through something similar when I, I um, had my own financial planning business and things were going well. But financially, you know, if you, that was the report card, it probably looked really good. But from a um, lifestyle, lifestyle point of view, and I just sort of had a child, and I just was like, you know what? And I love what you said there because I don't think people stop to think about that. The key word I got what you said, it was that trajectory where they don't actually stop and think, oh, well, holy you know, shit, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, this is where it's going to end up. And, and if you don't like how that looks, right, how that story plays out, I just wish that more people would actually give that, go through that self-auditing process and go, well, you know what, if I don't change now, it's, if, you know, it's, it's it, the way it turns out is not what I'm after. And I, I went through that and I sold a business that people thought I was crazy. You know, they thought I'd, you know, were losing my mind by selling that business. But mate, to be honest, it was the best thing I'd ever done because it, it's given me that much um, life lessons and value and much in the time that I get to spend with my family and, and subsequently, the, the clear head to be able to go and start other businesses, which a touch would have, have um, worked out okay. But, but I just love how you've sort of had, you stopped for a second and thought, oh, hold on, this is not ending how I want to. So you had a fundamental change. And so mate, talk me through it. So fast forward to the, you know, the new century, 2000, how did that next sort of 10 years play out for you? Well, at first it wasn't very easy. So, you know, I might've, I might've been, um, you know, financially, financially free in a sense, but I certainly had no money coming in. I was trying to start a business. So I wanted to start a business and that took, that took um, six goes before Renet started. So I, I left in March, 2000 the insurance business. And then next thing a dot com crash happened and um, you know, SARS happened and world trade centers happened and GST got introduced and Olympics slowed everything down. And the, the, the first couple of years was pretty tough, right? So I, the first site I did was a medical site and I got into partnership with a guy and you know, that just wasn't going to work out. They uh, it turned out I was doing all the work and he just wanted to take a free ride. So after a few months that I had to get out of that. Yep. Yep. That was, that was pretty obvious quick. And then I started doing local portals and I actually started doing networking too. So I started reading up and how to do peer to peer networking and computer networking. And the first job I did, I went out and I said, I was doing all this Windows 98 and fixing their computers up. And I said, no, nah, this isn't for me. There's no way in the world this is going to fit all the fundamentals of what, I, of what sort of business I want to create. Even though I thought yeah. there might have been some money in it or there might have been a job in it, I said, no, nah, this is not going to fit me at all. So that was a bit failed. But I learned, I learned computers and, and networking. So that stayed with me forever, right? So that's pretty good. Um, and then I started, you know, losing faith. So a year later, I thought, well, I, I'm no good at this. I'm, maybe I can't start a business. Maybe I can't. And I thought, well, and my wife wasn't real happy because it had been like a year with no money. Although we had no debt, we also had no money. You know, any money I was making from doing a few things was going back into buying software or paying just the the, the standard living expenses. So we weren't really going anywhere either. And uh, I started applying for jobs and started looking for work and no one would give me a job. In fact, not only did I not get a job, I never even got a single job interview. So that wasn't real good, but it kept me on the path of, you know, continually looking for what else I could do. And then in May 2001, I went to the Gold Coast and I bought a book on PHP and a book on MySQL, which is, you know, an online software programming language. 
Yeah, right. And I started playing around with software and I developed a car portal. I developed an accommodation portal. I developed a real estate portal. And they, they both, they all got traction, but the one that really took off was the real estate one. And that was pretty obvious straight away. And so by, by September, I started selling it to people and I wasn't even ready to take their money. And I didn't start billing them until December. And I realized I sort of had something. I thought I'll have a crack. And I thought, Oh, January, 2002, I'll see if I can expand it. And that worked. So February, 2002, I started the company Renet. So that was nearly once again, ironically, two years from the journey of, you know, leaving a business to actually being able to start a business. And it wasn't easy, but I really wanted to have all the basics lined up with the principles of how I move forward in business philosophy. So it would create wealth and would create lifestyle and I could be in full control over it and do smart things with the business. It had to be a smarter, intelligent business. And that was why I failed with the, the networking one, because it just was not going to fit the fundamentals of what I wanted to create, even if there was money in it. It yep. wasn't going to fit it. And it wasn't for September 2003 was the last time I knocked on a door to sell the software to a real estate agent. So basically by September 2003, I actually had what I would call a proper company and a, and a journey that had established itself. And uh, so that was nearly four years that that took to and have that change and implement what I wanted to have for lifestyle going forward. Scotty, I... Um, I that resonates. I talk, I talk about this three-year push, right? And I think um, if you're about to get into business, for listeners out there who um, have, are listening to Scotty talk there, I think the couple of key takeaways from listening to that, Scotty, is like, you, you know, yeah, you, you had a couple of false starts, which we've all had, you know, and I've had plenty of them. Um, do you, how important, I've got two questions just off the back of that, Scotty, is how important do you think it is to make sure before you start a business to do a bit of what I would call like a lifestyle design? And I, I sort of talk to people that I've coached that are looking at career changing and going, well, before you go and spend all this money and make all these sort of really big decisions, have a look at how you want to live your life. And, you know, I know surfing's your thing and I want to get into that a little bit later, but um, a lot of a lot of people that I've met, they've, they've essentially started a business, but they've bought themselves a job, right? You, you would have seen that before, Scotty, where yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, yeah, their name's on the door or, you know, they're the director, but they're no better off than what, what where they were because they didn't plan it properly. Um, have you seen, come across a lot of that, buddy? Yeah, it's not that they don't plan it properly. It's just that, um, you know, a lot of people start businesses and they're just businesses. That you Like you say, they're just jobs. And that's okay because uh, that's a great way to start. But then at some point you do the pivot where you go, hang on, I need to start working smarter rather than harder. I need to, I need to start doing all the things that create the lifestyle and the, and the wealth that I really set out in life to do. Um, and it's okay if it's just going to be a job, well, then that's fine. If you just want to be your own solo um, business owner and, and have the control over your hours and, and you know, be able to dictate your own terms, well, that's perfect because some people just want to do that. But a lot of people really want to succeed with businesses and a lot of people want to take businesses to the next level. And really, I guess it takes when things aren't going well for you to turn around and go, well, hang on a minute, what is it that I want to do in this business and how do I want to create it? So I'm okay with people who start a business for a job. You know, I think that's a great thing to do because having your own business, you know, certainly gives you a world of opportunity where you can, if you decide to later on scale or grow or get more aggressive or even wind it back and make sure you've got balance in your life. You can get dialed so I love up the and fact down. that. 
yeah, I love the fact people start their own businesses. And not everyone has to be this massive entrepreneur. I've met so many successful people that, you know, for want of a better way of saying this, so no one take offence, you know, that they're builders and they're mechanics and they've got great businesses. They've got great lifestyle. They're creating their wealth journey. They'll never be a Richard Branson, but who cares? I mean, it's, it's about what you want out of life and about your lifestyle and balance. And that's what it's about. That's why I love the whole business ownership and, and that journey of being able to control what it is that you want. I love, I love people that want to do their own businesses. I just totally am 100% for it. If anyone ever asks, should I start my business? I say, yeah, absolutely. But here's the caveat, right? If you, if you want to do it just for a job, well, then you've got to decide if it's going to be better to leverage off someone else as a job and a career or start your own. But if you're going to do your own, you've got a world of opportunity in front of you and it's up to you to take advantage of that. And that's the best way to start a business is to take advantage of the fact you can work as long as you want, weekends, after hours, nighttime, and get balance. 100%. I couldn't agree more. And Scotty, how much would you say, like you mentioned there, you started that sort of, you know, in 2000 and it took till September of 03 for it to really take off. And I think, would it be fair to say if there's listeners out there, and I know that I've experienced this, you know, things do take time. You, you can't expect that overnight success to you. You've got to be willing to, to roll the sleeves up for a couple of years. And then, like you said, it depends on how big of a business that you want to run, but you know, you know, it doesn't take two minutes, does it, to get something from nothing to off the ground to where it's, you know, providing profits and so forth? Oh, absolutely not. And in fact, one of my, one of my trademarks that I've registered um, is the rule of 100. So the rule of 100 is about the first 100 seconds, the first 100 minutes, the first 100 hours, the first 100 days, the first 100 weeks, and then the first 100 months. And, you know, as you're going through this business, you go to every, every time you bust through one of those points, you get to the next point. So in other words, if you've been in business for three months, which is, you know, give or take, you know, 100 days, okay. so give or take yep. three months, you're going to bust through to a couple of years, which is your 100 weeks. And once you bust through that, you're going to get through to the next phase, which is you'll be in, you know, be in business for seven, eight, nine years. And they're typical turning points. So it's, but you've also got to expect that journey as well. Expect that, you know, after, after a couple of days, you're going to go for a few months and after a few months, you're going to go for a couple of years and after a couple of years, you're going to go for like seven or eight, nine years. So it always is a long journey. It always is about planning for that, planning for that next phase and getting through that next phase. I mean, I could talk about the rule of 100 in different ways for products, for leadership, for business growth, for planning. But, you know, people have to expect that. It's always a long game and it's a long run. You've got to plan for that too. So um, the rule of 100 works as far as that business planning goes and looking into the future, looking down the line and go, well, you know, what do I want to have when you're first starting in the business, say in three months or, you know, what do I want to have in two years and have those sort of long-term plans and, and I guess call it trajectories that you want to be on at each point, like your checkpoints. Mate, I love it, Scotty. Like, I, man, I, and I'm so lucky that to do this podcast because I, I sit here, man. You should see my notebook, my notepad now, mate. It's uh, it's, it's filling up, and but I love it because it's like those markers, you know. If you if you're running cross country, you just want to get to that tree, you know. You want to get to that next that which is that, and that's what I, I love about that rule of one hundred because it just gives you that. All right, well, cool, got got there. Whether it's that hundred, you know, hundred days, and then you know that three month mark, or or that hundred weeks, that two year mark, you can go right. I will give you give yourself a little pat on the back. So I'm still, I'm still standing then, but what, what do I want to do for this to get to the next hundred marker? And mate, I was going to ask you because I would have listeners out there at the moment who, you know, naturally going through some really tough times right now. So, you know, whether they're self-employed or they might've, you know, 
been laid off. So what, you know, what, as a bit of a, uh, some motivation, mate, obviously you've, you've gone through some tough times, um, you know, through, yeah, you mentioned there the dot-com crash. So from your experience, Scotty, what would you be sort of talking to people about what type of mindset they need to have at the moment with the, with the world we're living in? Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's really hard to come from a mindset perspective, but mindset is everything. I mean, the reason why it's difficult is because none of us have been through this before. No one's been through a global pandemic before. There's no one out there right now that can tell you how you should react or how you should respond, and this is how you'll get through it, because none of us know. None of us know, know what next month's going <laughs> to yeah. look like or next year. Yeah, yeah. But the one thing I do know for sure is that I can tell you the people on the other side of this, you know, the people who are doubling down now on a positive and looking for solutions and looking to ways to pivot and grow and change, getting rid of the, the things in their businesses that were useless, but were just spinning the wheels. We'll get rid of those things and look at what the things were that were good. Or if you, if you, if you're an employee, well, look at what you really want to do. So now's the chance as an employee to go back to your boss and say, well, look, you know, maybe I can work as a contractor from home, or maybe I can pivot and do some things that are good for the business because they're going to want you back as an employee. If you, if you were any good anyway, and if you're, if you're a business owner, you've got the same opportunity now with your staff to work this solution with your staff. Uh, one of the things I did with my business was in 2005 when I had no money in the bank, I changed completely the business model um, on a Monday morning because I had no money on. If, if I didn't get any money that week, I wasn't going to be able to pay wages. So I changed the model that week that everyone in the business had an incentive and a bonus for the work they did. In actual fact, everyone got a pay rise as of that day, even though they, they got a pay cut, but it was all based on bonuses and rewards. So right now, businesses have an opportunity to think about some of these models going forward, whether people are working from home, whether they're going to be incentivized, you know, what's the win-win situation here? So, but once again, that's only one thing you can do. But what I'm talking about in answering to your question is the mindset right now of you thinking about, well, well, how can I go forward in this new world and create new opportunities, create leverage, um, collaborate and, and help, I guess, yourself get through by helping others get through are the people are going to succeed and come out the other side of this. And that's what I do know but no one can tell you how to get through this. There's just no one that's been through this set of circumstances right now ever. You're right, Scotty. And you know what I sort of liken it to? I feel like we're all, you know, if we're all jumbo jets, right, none of us are flying. We've all been grounded, right? Some worse than others, but I feel like there's going to be, you know, winners and losers. And I feel like that, you know, if you use the plane analogy, we're all sitting on the tarmac. And there's some people who have just left the plane, they've gone home, but there's other people who are working on that machine. They're thinking, all right, well, once, this, once I can fly again, this machine that I've got, whether it's your own business or whether you work for a company, but you consider yourself, you know, because everyone should consider themselves self-employed, right? Because we're all, whether you work for someone, it's still you, you know, you incorporated, right? So I, I just sort of feel like this, this is it. Sometimes the best gifts come badly wrapped. And at the moment, it's given us all a chance to reset. And, and whether that means that you need to get more energy in your life and that and this, this break helps you get your body right, which will then help you get your head right. So when you're ready to go, you're just going to charge out of the gates and you're just going to become a new person. So I sort of, looking at all your stuff, Scotty, and without having the, the pleasure of meeting you yet, when I'm going through your all, all your stuff one one word really comes to mind and i want to ask you if this is natural or is something you work on and the word that that word is energy i feel like just looking at you everything i've watched and read it just seems like you operate at, at, a, at a faster and a happier level mate and uh can you talk me through that am i on the, am i on the money there or what 
Oh, look, my personality type's terrible for when I was a school kid. <laughs> <laughs> if I was at school now, I'd be on Ritalin or something. Yeah, and, um, same, so would I. The funny thing was, like, you know, I, I retired a couple of years ago and I went on a snow trip to Japan with a few mates. And we're over there and we're, we're up in the morning having breakfast and I'm, I'm, I'm itching to go, right? I'm a, I'm a pretty proactive kind of guy by nature. And they're sitting there going, hey, Scotty, why don't you just relax a bit? And I'm sitting there going... I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're going, there's, there's a shitload of powder up there and I want to get amongst it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I just, by nature, I am. I just, I, uh, if you know disc personality types, I'm a high D. Um, I'm, I actually am a hyperactive ADHD person. It's just, yeah, it is, it is a bit go, 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 which, which I guess in some ways I feel sorry for my wife, but, um, you know, it's in some ways it also pushes people away. Some people can't keep up with me and they think I'm just, you know, a bit of a pain. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I am, I do try to look at the positive side of life. Um, you know, I'm very lucky that as a kid, everything for me was always going to be upside. In hindsight, I look back and go, you know, I was lucky because everything for me had no risk. Everything for me was going to be an upside. I had no, I could always go back to being poor again, right? But, I, I was lucky enough I managed to push through and pull through all those situations never to have to go back to that. But for me, everything was upside. So I'm very blessed. So it's, you know, where that come from, I don't know, maybe it's the ADHD bit, maybe it's the hyperactive active bit, but yeah, I just thought, you know, what's and then the other thing right now is what's the point of being negative? What's the point of, you know, you may as well get out and polish the, the jumbo jet in your analogy. You may as well get out and keep the and clean up when you haven't had a chance to clean up before. Now you can, you can stop and clean up and get ready. So that's the sort of attitude that, that gets people through. But that's the, I guess the hyperactive <laughs> side of me <laughs> coming Scotty, out going, well, yeah, do something. But do you think, like you said before, like, and I'll, I'll come from a very poor background as well. And I, I think, I don't know if it's, you need that to have the, you know, everything is up. So I, I feel like everyone could, you know, especially now we've all been grounded. So I think that everyone needs to have that everything moving forward is upside. But mate, talk me through sort of back onto that sort of work-life balancing. I mean, talk me through, like I know you know, it looks like your passion is surfing. So do you think that's how, is there a crossover there, mate? Do you think between your surfing and your business success, maybe in terms of it provides you with a release or it gives you the energy to do what you do in, in the office, mate, talk us through how important that's been for you to have that, surfing in your life yeah well look i'm a born again surfer because you know that 20 year period one of the things i wasn't sorry 10 year period was one of the things i wasn't happy with was the fact i wasn't surfing anymore so i i'd put on a lot of weight and i ended up being a size 38 pants which you know wasn't wasn't you know um terribly overweight but for me it was just ridiculous for you, yep. uh, as, yep. a, as a skinny kid i've gone well yep. you know this is one of the reasons why i went through a midlife crisis and i wasn't happy I wasn't surfing and I wasn't being the person I wanted to be. So surfing for me was something I actually, I, I, I lost. Even though I was there, a bit like, you know, footballers never really not a footballer. They're yep. still a footballer, they don't play the game anymore. Well, I was a bit like a surfer that just was never going to surf anymore. So I actually took up triathlons in the late 90s to get fit. Oh, so right. That was, that was my sport of choice in the 90s because I figured, well, you know, what's what's the fittest sport I could possibly do right now and train for any time I liked and be anywhere in the world and be able to train and do exercise and have a bit of focus and goals. And I picked triathlons because I could, I could run anywhere in the world. I get up and want to go for a jog or I could go down to the local pool. 
I couldn't always take the bike, but I chose triathlons. Plus, it was the fittest sport in the world. I figured if I could do a triathlon, I'd have to have a level of fitness. Yeah, exactly. And that took right. a long, it took a long time. I remember doing my first triathlon, and in the end, I tried to do half Ironman. Uh, sorry, full Ironmans. I only did half Ironmans. I never got to the full. Um, and that really picked up my fitness. But then I started to lose interest in that and get interest back in surfing in about 2001. And I became a born-again surfer. Uh, you know, it was always in the blood and always in the DNA. Yeah. And yeah. When, it, when it comes to the competition, you know, one thing had changed over all the, the time period when I wasn't surfing that in the early days it used to be three waves to the beach was, was what you got points on. And they changed the criteria to being... Now, unless you do some proper big turns, we're not going to give you any points. It's not about length of ride. It's about, it's about proper turns. So it's a turning competition, not a standing competition. And that was actually my style of surfing. So when I came back and started competing, even against the kids, um, I was actually getting points and winning because of the fact of the, the turning, the whole criteria changed. So it turned out the judges liked my surfing. And I ended up taking that all the way to the world titles, even as an older bloke. And, you know, that's, that became, as you said earlier, my outlet, my fitness, chance to, 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 you know, take a break from the business. It became my meditation. It became everything. And sometimes I've come up with some of the best business thoughts that I've ever had because I still own a bike for riding. So I do, go, I do go riding on the bike. Sometimes riding on the bike, just sitting there, you know, cruising around. I, I sit there and my brain just keeps ticking over the ideas. And the same thing happens in the ocean. And, um, it only happens it's, when you step away from the business and do things. And sport is such a good way to step away from the business and keep your health and open your mind up. And it's funny you say that. Like I, my surfing, my my version of your surfing is snowboarding. And mate, I, I've had that many good business ideas just sitting on that chairlift or just cruising down the, the mountain on my on my own. And it's because I don't have a phone on me. And it's, I, I think the other benefit, and I just would for listeners out there, whether you whether you're um self employed or you know, you're working with someone, I think you've got to find that love of your life, you know, outside of your spouse, because mate, I'm, I'm looking at it now and I can't fly anywhere now, but I know that if I book an amazing snow trip in Scotty, I'll do whatever it takes to make that, to, to afford it. Right. You know, my wife and I were, were lucky enough. We, she's into it as well. And we went heli, heli boarding in um, Queenstown last year. And mate, I'll, I'll just never forget that. And by doing that, that's given me the excitement to go, right, what's next, you know? And I'll look at that and go, without that, I don't know, every day would just seem like Groundhog Day, if you know what I mean. Even though I do love what I do, I just, um, I'm a big believer that everyone needs to have that really cool, exciting thing in the diary to look forward to constantly throughout their life. So I think if you're listening out there, if you're out there listening, guys, Money is important, but my, I'll run you through my philosophy in a second, Scotty. I'm keen to get your thoughts on it because some people think I'm mad, but some people think it makes sense. But I think that we're a long time alive and that's only growing. So, so I think you've got to have something in your life. So Scotty, can I run you through my, my philosophy of life and can you just pull it apart for me? Give us your honest take. Pull it apart. So, mate, what I what I believe, right? So, my belief, and I've I've been a financial advisor for a long was a financial advisor for a long time. And I used to get these people to, you know, do these elaborate and and really rock solid retirement plans and get people to retire at their sixtieth birthday, and it was it was all good, and it you know it worked for many clients. But what I found was they'd come back to me a couple of years later and go, man, I've never been so unhappy. You know, I've, I, a I'm I'm trying to hold on to this income that I've worked so hard for. I'm, you know, I've lost me sort of me zest. So, man, I've done a lot of research and I'm looking at the um, 
the life expectancy rates. And I'm sort of um, the research coming out of the States at the moment is that people that are in their thirties and forties at the moment are um, more than likely going to hit a hundred, right. And, and, and above. So my sort of take on that is if, if that is true, if you're looking after yourself, well, that retirement word, right. You should be transferred to well, rather than just getting to my 60th birthday and stopping. If I look after myself, there's no re and I can find work that I enjoy. There's no reason why you can't, cannot continue to do that almost forever, which is going to give you an income stream to do the things that you want to do. What's your take on that, buddy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I never wanted to retire. The only reason why I did in the end was because I didn't see eye to eye with the new owners. I actually thought I was going to live my twilight years, you know, being the, the, the you know, optimum CEO, even though I didn't want the title anymore, of being able to work you know, on the business instead of in the business. And <laughs> so I was never going to retire. I was just going to keep on doing what I do now, basically for businesses all over the world, which is teach and mentor and advise and, you know, do the golf days and do all those corporate things that as a CEO of a business, you've still got to get down and, and, and into the business every day. So uh, well, I agree. If you find, if you find something you enjoy doing, well, you can do it forever, right? Uh, a little bit harder with the physical stuff, but you know, if you're a builder, you could still have a building company. You just might not be on the tools anymore. So I agree setting up something that lets you work and continue to create wealth and lifestyle is a good thing. And, and as a, as a person who, I guess my brain doesn't stop. I, I actually don't want to stop uh, at all, which is why I've started doing, you know, more courses and things like that because I figure I may as well share it and enjoy that journey. I was supposed to be in the States of, you know, talking at the moment and sharing the journey over there. But, you know, obviously with all the things that are happening now, I can't get there. So it's, it's moved over to 2021 plans now. And Scotty, would Hopefully you it still happens next year. But <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's a, who knows? But mate, would you, like, would you consider yourself retired now or would you more say you just got the ability to do whatever you want to do in life? Um, well, yeah, now I guess I'm a self-funded retiree. The, you know, if the surf was good every day, I wouldn't be on your podcast. I'd be sitting <laughs> yeah. out there surfing every day. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> but after, after a year, you realise that, you know, there's only so many times you can mow the lawn and so many times you can wash the car and the surf's not good every day. So, and not only that, people started asking me to do more and more of exactly this. Uh, I'd be getting paid to go and, and talk to people for half a day. And I'd go, well, I'm, I'm actually enjoying this. This is like winning a trophy in surfing. It's like winning a competition people relating to and understanding you know the benefits of some of my philosophies is is very rewarding so yeah I'm, I'm still a self-funded retiree but at the end of the day I'm also really enjoying this chapter of being able to empower others to be able to work smarter rather than harder and that's the irony right like um you're actually now getting probably you know you although you might not want it, if the surf's good, as you start to do something you're passionate about, the phone starts to ring, which I think is really cool. And I wish a lot more people could actually make that shift and go, well, shit, you know what? I've always wanted to do that. So I am, um, I suppose what I was getting to before Scotty is I know there'd be a lot of listeners out there, right. Who are stuck in a job that doesn't fulfill, you know, whether it doesn't agree with their values or given that lifestyle they're after, but they think they can't move because they need to pay off the mortgage in 10 years. They need to retire in 20 years where I, I just would love more, more people. You know, I think a lot more people would be happy if they realized, well, hold on. The clock is probably not ticking as fast as I thought it was. And I can maybe pull off a career change or, or start that extra side business. And it's not going to, you know, even if it means I pay me mortgage off a little bit longer or my retirement dates push back, 
I, re- I think the world, the philosophies of the world needs to change a little bit and say, you know, that's not the end of the world, but being unhappy for 40 years in a job, it, for me, it's just, it's a sad, it's a sad story. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I had to persevere in the insurance business because, you know, I was stuck in it and things like that. So I totally, I totally get and understand that position. Um, but if it's a means to an end and you know, and you've clearly defined that means to an end and you can define an end, in other words, a transition time or something like that, well, great. Um, but get out of it what you want out of it so you can position yourself for whatever the next chapter is going to be. I'm a big believer in looking 10 years in advance, you know, and, and that came about because of, you know, at the end of the 10 years of the insurance business, I'd, I'd made a million dollars and I had the house. So I basically, I don't know what happened to the other 800,000 went in taxes. And <laughs> yeah. You know, but Scotty, so, you know, <laughs> well, mate, but, but if you look at the next 10 years, just going back to this, if you look at the next 10 years, if I was going to make another million dollars, what am I going to do with it? Even if I had stayed in that job, I would have been smarter with that hundred thousand dollars a year over the next 10 years. Cause there was no way I was going to end up the same. So whether you start your own business or you start to leverage off the business you're in, just make sure you've got a plan for that. So that way you can set yourself up. Mate, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to get tactical for a little bit. And mate, I'm conscious of your time, mate. I don't know what the surf's like, so I won't hold you up. But like, uh, mate, just getting tactical. I know, talk me through the system one, three, five, seven, because I'd have some people out there who'd be very interested. So, mate, how did that all come about? Well, essentially, that's, I had system one, three, five, seven before I started the company, Renet. I just didn't know it yet. Uh, it's the only, the only real phrase I've come up with since I've, you know, exited out of Renet is actually system one, three, five, seven. And that was, I was riding my bike in November. Remember I talked about the bike riding? I was riding my bike yeah. in November and I realized I had um, a system one, three, five, seven. And how that came about was in the nineties, we, well, I worked for an American insurance company. They had a, they had a one, three, five, seven plan. Now I wasn't that good at planning, but I was really good at systems. And I went, well, you know what? I've actually got the one, three, five, seven, but it was systems. And I thought, you know, I came back and I, I had, a, I had had one of those moments where I went, I think I've got it. I think I've now got a way of describing everything I did to grow Renet, including, you know, the one, the three was the balance. The one is you, the three is the balance, healthy, wealthy, and wise, um, which you'll like the three. The five yeah, is the five business philosophy. So with the five, the five business philosophies are business judo, time duplication, the business of thirds, the rule of 100, and sugar and cream. And obviously I can't explain all those right now, but the five business philosophies was how I created the company. Uh, and everything had to work under those philosophies or models or else it wasn't going to be a business that was going to succeed. And the last one is the seven, which you know, relates to you know, the seven days a week, the 1,440 minutes a day, and all the time philosophies I had, such as school teacher hours, no offense to school teachers, you have to understand the model to, before you take offense to yeah. it. But I, I yeah. did things in terms you know, which is like school teachers, right? Yeah, right. So I did things okay. in terms um, and I broke it right down into micro. So I've got seven, seven different ways I managed time to grow the business and wrapped around that was the success triangle, which was, you know, um, clients, your, your products and your profits. And if you get that balanced right, regardless of the size of the business, you can create success. And that was what System 1357 was about, a way of describing how to create a model, how to create a system in your business, regardless of what industry it is. So you can achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. And that, and they're all things that I did to grow my business. All of Mate, them. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and for the listeners out there, I'll have all this, Scotty, if you don't mind, in the show notes. I'll make sure they know how to get 
access to, to your courses and, and jump online so they can get in touch with you. But mate, and, and I suppose one of the, one of the, um, the questions I ask every listener is if you were to fast forward and I know you sort of alluded to it before, but if we were to be sitting here, you know, in um, 2030, what would have had to have happened in the next 10 years, mate, both professionally and, and personally to feel like you'd, you've just nailed that this decade? Look, my goal is, is pretty clear at the moment. I, I want to, I want to give back to the same um, people that gave to me. So and, and for me, believe it or not, that's the entrepreneurial business world. So the, the books I grew up on were, and, and the system I grew up on, let's call it the American Insurance Company, you know, was about motivation, about training and about development. And so for me, the, the trophy right now would be to be able to go to the States and talk and motivate and inspire people in the, in the States to be able to use the same things I did, which was their systems to become successful themselves. So if I from Sawtell, New South Wales, Australia, can implement a bucket load of systems and create a company and create wealth, I mean, anyone can do it. And I know Aussies can, but, you know, the, the trophy for me would be having the Americans going, hey, we relate to this stuff, but it's actually their stuff. It's, you know, I got most of my motivation from American philosophies and, and motivation. And, you know, we all do. We call it American rah-rah, but you know what? It works. All this planning and goal setting and mindset, it actually works. So that's my, that's my trophy in 10 years' time. And to be honest, it, I'm letting the universe make it happen. I'm not, it's a goal, but it's not a, the same goal I had when I started the company. It's just something that is, you know, one of those wish lists. I want the universe to unfold as it unfolds now, which is something I've never done before in my life. Yeah, so you just got, yeah, mate, I love that. And I, I feel like you've, from from what I can gather, Scotty, you've earned the right to, to, you know, you've worked so hard and you've made so many things happen that you've you've got a goal there, but you, you don't have to push as hard. You know, things will happen organically for you because you've, you sound like you've uh, you've done the work to get a lot of runs on the board, mate. And, mate, I'm excited for you, buddy. I'll be, I'll, we'll be watching closely. And, mate, I'd, if it's all right, I'll, uh, I'll annoy you to get you back from time to time just to check in and see how you're going, mate. Like that, you know, I might check in a hundred in a hundred weeks. How's that sound, Scotty? Fucking <laughs> yeah, sure. Go check, for it. You know, well, in, it's, it's been two years. It's, it's been two years since basically, and I had to pivot. And you know, it was it was you know the rule of one hundred was two years later. I've I've set up this system one three five seven. So I pushed through that retirement and came out. You know, with a, with actually a system. So right on right on clockwork, but. You know, it's actually only 100 days old now. In fact, it was just uh, the 17th of, of um, April that it was three months old So that I went live. And there's already 155 people in there doing the courses and watching it. You know, a lot of overseas people are really, really loving it. So that's, even if I never go to America to speak, a lot of them are logging in and they're absolutely loving some of the, I'll call them Scottyisms, um, because it's all new and it's fresh things like a, if you know a fad what's a fad it's a fish attracting device and, and the, the yanks are picking up on that going this is amazing and uh but they're scottyisms they're, they're things that i learned along the journey and people can use in their business to grow their business mate i love it and i love how you're designing the business the way you want it to be designed both you know we were talking offline before about just just the simple difference between scott and scotty and you know scotty's you and you just run with it and i think a lot of people out there is there's no point being in business if you've got to dress up and masquerade as someone else. You know, that's not the type of business you want to be in. You want to be in a business like Scotty has where, mate, puts himself out there. It is what it is. You can take it or leave it. But at the end of the day, the, there's the content, the infrastructure is there to, to 
make a massive difference. So Scotty, well, I'm going to make sure that um, everyone has access to, to, to enrolling in, in that system, mate. And I'll, I'll have that on the show notes, but mate, um, but I suppose I just want to finish off with two questions. Um, firstly, are, are you a Knights fan, mate? Just to cover that off. <laughs> well, yeah, I was when I lived in Newcastle, I was definitely a Knights fan. In fact, I had friends that played for them and everything. Uh, you know, so you can't help but live in a town and become a fan of the town you live in. That's just the way it goes. It was, <laughs> so you're still a Knights fan, good. mate? Or you've, oh, look, I don't or... really... Look, I'm not really a footballer. I wasn't a very good footballer. Uh, do I like the game? Yeah. I love, love watching State of Origin. I love watching the Grand Finals on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I don't really get into it enough to watch it. I'm happy to have a beer and watch it with a mate, but... Um, I like the big games and the rest of the games I could leave. And I don't really have a dedicated team. Probably more who I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, me, me too. <laughs> there's always someone around that hates Cronulla or hates Manly or, or hates Parramatta. And I'm not a hater, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I sort of pick the one I want to win at the time, but that's about it. Except yeah, for the no. Blues. Always want, always want New South Wales to win. Oh, absolutely, mate, 100%. But um, no, mate, perfect. Well, well, Scotty, mate, I'll let you get back to the surf, mate. And I'll, um, mate, thanks again for coming on board today, champion. There was, um, I, I like, I certainly learned a lot, mate. And I know there'll be a lot of listeners out there who probably just are thinking a little bit differently now after listening to, to you speak and going, well, mate, he, he's just a good bloke. He, he's worked hard. And, and, you know, I think going back to the very start, I, I can certainly see how you know things you know they haven't fallen into place it's taken a lot of hard work and you know a lot of grit you know to get to to, to pull off what you have and i'm sure that uh mate there's, there's plenty more chapters left in your book so mate I, mate I wish you all the best buddy and um wanted to say thanks again for coming on board and hanging out with us for a bit today no worries mate my pleasure there you are guys that's a wrap on another podcast thanks for hanging out with us today uh do us a favor if you haven't already please subscribe that way every time a new podcast drops it'll come straight to your phone or your computer also if you're feeling friendly put a little rating in. it just helps to uh grow the podcast and get more people access to these awesome tips from all the guests that we have on so thank you so much for joining us today stay safe and we'll catch up on the next podcast thank you very much